Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, Tonight we are um, uh, speaking out of Jonah. Uh, So we're going back to Sunday school. Talking about Jonah and the whale. But hopefully we can pull some things out that we missed uh, on those Sunday school lessons. But we're going to start with Jonah uh, chapter 1 verse 1. Jonah 1 verse 1. Let's read. It said, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Mittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Has anybody ever done that in the house? Like, you know God's saying this, like, God, that's a good idea, but I'm going this way. So he went down, opposite direction, and he went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went aboard, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. The title for tonight's message, you can turn to your neighbor, say, out of place, but under grace. Out of place, but under grace. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for gathering us. We thank you, Father. Uh, for really, God, the stirring up our spirit man right now, that we have the faith to believe, the expectation to know that if we are just here in your presence, the miraculous can take place. That when we're just here celebrating the name above all names, that we have the opportunity to experience a life-changing moment with you, Jesus. So, Father, have your way. Let miracles, signs, and wonders take place. We thank you for... God, addiction going away. We thank you for anxiety being canceled. We thank you, Father, for fear, God, leaving our minds. And it's more of you, Jesus, and less of us. More of you, Jesus, and less of us. Have your way tonight, and please help the Astros. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen. Give Jesus a hand clap and a shout of praise. What I've realized about God's will, what is really frustrating about when God tells you to do something is that he always asks us to do something that's outside of our comfort zone like have you noticed that like when God gives you direction it's always in a place where you're like stretching yourself or you're stretching your belief or you're stretching your faith like God's will always seems to take place outside of our comfort zone he takes us to places we feel uh unfamiliar with or takes us to places where we might think we're too inexperienced to go there or that we don't have the know-how or the know-who to be there. Like God's will seems to take us to places that we feel out of place in. Um, That's how Jonah felt. Um, He felt out of place by going to Nineveh. See, Jonah was a uh, small town guy. He he loved being with his people. He loved being in his little circle of, uh, of the Israelites and the Jewish nation. And when God told him to go to Nineveh, Nineveh is not a Jewish nation. Nineveh is a Gentile nation and part of the Syrian Empire. And it was at that time the largest city in the world. And so when God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh, he felt out of place. But I believe that God does that. He, he, he calls us to places where we feel out of place, to, to, that we feel like we are unqualified or to places that we feel like we don't have the strength to do it. Because when God calls us to do that, that's when grace steps in. See, grace isn't about us stepping out by our own strength. Grace is about us stepping into God's strength for us. That's what grace is. And so when God calls us to places outside of our comfort zone, he does that for a reason. 
because he knows that when you're uncomfortable or he knows when you don't feel like you have all the knowledge, that's when you can lean into him. That's when you say, God, I'm in this place where you called me, but I, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. This is, out, this is outside what I'm familiar with, but I know you called me here, so I'm going to lean into your grace right now. I'm going to lean into you right now, God, because you've called me to this place. Because grace is not about us operating on our strength, but his power. Grace is not about us operating on our know-how, but on God's know-how, his, his abilities, not our abilities. Zechariah 4.6 says it best like this. He said, he said, not by power, not by strength, but by his spirit is how we're going to do things. By his spirit is how we're going to walk into his will. By his spirit is how we're going to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish. But see, what, where grace kicks in is that if you've ever felt unqualified, grace is what qualifies you. If you ever felt too inexperienced for God's will, like whoever, like, God calls you to do something, like, God, I'm too inexperienced, or God, I don't have that degree, or God, I don't have that strength, God's grace is what gives you the strength and the experience. How? Because God is way stronger than you and I. God is way smarter than you and I. And so when he calls us somewhere, he already knows our, our lacks and our weaknesses, so he has a grace prepared for us at that place where we feel unfamiliar. And so this is Jonah, he... Um, he feels outside of his comfort zone to go in Nineveh. He feels out of place, and he is trying, it says, escape the Lord. Who knows you can't escape the Lord? I've tried it many times. God caught me every time, okay? You can't. He was trying to escape the Lord because he felt out of place. And I, I think sometimes we can relate to feeling out of place when God calls us to somewhere in his will. Like, we say, God, I know you're calling me to go to church, but... I feel out of place when I'm at church because I just think about how I don't deserve to be there. Or, God, I, I know you're calling me to go and, and witness to this person, but I feel out of place. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy enough to, to, to talk to them about you, Jesus. But can I tell you, that's when grace steps in. And that's also a clear sign of God's will is when it's outside your comfort zone. Because if you're inside your comfort zone, can I, I hate to break it to you, but that's not God's will for your life. It's not to stay comfortable. It's not to stay in the same places and see the same faces, but to go to where God called you to go and rely on his strength. Amen? Amen. That's what God's grace is all about. But the question is why? Because man's strength will always lack, but God will never fail us. God will never fail us. His will, his strength, his grace is sufficient for you and I. We might come up short, but God's grace is sufficient. So Jonah, he... Um, He's known to us, and he's mostly known just by being swallowed by a fish, right? He's known for his mistakes. He's known for his lack of faith. Um, but Jonah was actually, in his time, a pretty well-known, um, important dude. He's actually mentioned in 2 Kings uh, 14.25, and it mentions how Jonah was um, uh, a man of God. It mentions how his prophecies came to pass that God told him. It mentioned that, that he was, like, at, at his time, he was kind of like, a, like um, the, the celebrity. Everybody knew who he was. He was, the, he was the prophet. People knew that he was a prophet man of God. He's he seen God's power. He's seen God's favor. He's seen miracle signs and wonders. Like, this is an experienced uh, prophet. And a prophet's number one job, his, his responsibility is that when God speaks for him to listen, and then to tell God's people about it. That's basically all a prophet does is he listens to God and he obeys what he says. 
and then he goes and, and communicates what God communicated to him. So when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was uh, 500 miles east, what did Jonah do? This prophet man of God who knows and has heard God many times. He turns his back on God and goes 2,500 miles west, Joppa, the farthest place he could be in God's will. He went so far away, and that made me think, like, how can this man of God, who's seen the, the greatest of the great happen in his life, how can he turn his back on God, even though he's seen God do all those things in his life? How can he turn his back on God after seeing prophecy after prophecy come to pass? How can he turn his back on God after seeing all the blessings from God come to fruition in his life? So I believe if we don't manage blessings from God right, we can be confused and think that those came by our own strength. Like, have you ever experienced some success and you start getting a big head? Like, I believe, like, uh, Jonah started really thinking highly of himself, started thinking that his will is what got him into the place he was at. And when God asked him to do something that was outside of his comfort zone, he just decided, hey, you know what, I think I have a better plan. And he went to the opposite direction, and he headed for Tarshish. You see, we have to be able to, we have to know that Operating under grace isn't operating under our own mind or own will. Operating under grace doesn't mean that we get to do whatever we want. That's not grace. Operating under grace doesn't mean that, that we get to, to, to just do whatever we think about and God blesses wherever we go. That's not grace. Grace is operating under God's will. If you're not operating under God's will, God can't grace you for it. Like, I hate to break it to you, but if it's not God's will for you to be an NBA player, he's probably not going to grace it for you, Okay. Believe me, I tried, okay? God didn't grace it for me. God's will is what he has grace for you. So if you try to operate outside of his will, his grace will not be given forward to it. So we have to know that God's grace isn't something that comes from man. It comes from God. We can't operate under God's grace outside of his will. It has to be from him. It has to be from his spirit. See, point one is this. Living by grace is to be spirit dependent, not self-sufficient. Living by grace is to be spirit dependent, not self-sufficient. So when we operate under grace, it doesn't mean that we're operating under our own strength. Because grace can sometimes feel like human weakness, or it is human weakness. We, we, we feel like we are weak, but his grace is what makes us strong. We feel like we're incapable, but his grace is what makes us capable. There have been times where we feel like we don't have the experience or we don't have the know-how, but God's grace is what gives us the experience. He, it, it, Jesus told his disciples like this. He said, don't worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. You just go up and you be obedient. Don't, don't worry about what to do. The Holy Spirit will take it from there. You just operate under grace. You just operate under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we operate under grace, it's not us operating under strength of our own but strength from God. You hear what I'm saying tonight? See, grace comes in to lead us. Grace comes in to empower us, to, to give us the insight, to give us God ideas. I mean, if there's any witnesses in the house, you understand the difference, and you'll, you'll know when you're under God's grace. You'll know, and you also know when you're not, because you'll be doing things, and, and you'll be seeing how things are going in the complete opposite direction. You're going, okay, I need, to, I need to change some things. 
Because you know when you're under God's will, there'll be times where you feel you're like you're lacking. But then all of a sudden, something on the inside of you starts stirring up. And now all of a sudden, you have the words to say. You have the insight. And you have the knowledge and experience. And that's God's grace. It's his, his empowerment to do his will. God's grace is his empowerment to do his will. See, it's not about what we're equipped with. It's about who we're acquainted with. We're acquainted with Jesus. I don't want to hear about your strengths or your talents. I don't want to hear about all your experience. But if you don't know Jesus, it's not going to help you do his will. See, he gives us those things, but if we operate outside of his will, he's not going to give us grace for it. But when we are in his will, he will begin to stretch us to places we never thought we could go because now we got a grace for it. Some of us can relate to when before we came to church, before we followed after Jesus, we had these strengths, we had these talents, but all of a sudden when we got into the house of God and we started operating in his will, we saw our talents take a leap. We saw our strengths get stronger. Why? Because now we have a grace for it. Now we're under grace of what God is empowering us to do. See, it is actually to our gain to give up control to God. Why? Because when we give up our control, that's when God gives us his grace. When we give up, say, less of me, God, more of you, that's when God fills us up. That's when God gives us direction. That's when God gives us strength when we feel weak. Because where we are weak, he is strong. And how that happens is God's grace. So Jonah, as we continue with the story, he's going to Tarshish in the opposite direction. In verse 4, Jonah 1, verse 4, it says, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and, and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep. Turn to your neighbor and say he was taking a nap. He was sleeping in the middle of a storm, Okay. He said he was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him, and he said, how can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up. Everybody say, get up. Yeah. Say, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. How, have you ever been in such a distraught place of life where you don't even want to face reality? You just want to sleep? Have you ever been in that place? Like, you don't even want to face it. You just hope you go to sleep and you wake up and it was all a bad dream. Like, have you been in that place before? So Jonah, he's literally outside of the will of God. He's in the middle of a storm, but he goes to sleep. See, sometimes when you have self-pity, sometimes we, when you're not willing to admit that you're going in the wrong direction, you just try to act like it's not there. You just try to act like, hey, if I just ignore it long enough, maybe my problems will go away. If I just act like I'm asleep in life, uh, maybe it will just go away, but can I tell you something? It said that the Lord sent that wind. It said the Lord sent that storm. Sometimes the Lord will send stuff to wake us up. That's what I love about grace. This is what I love about grace, is that God's grace will comfort you. This is point two. But God's grace will also caution you. God's grace will comfort you, and when you feel weak and you're in the will of God, he will give you strength. But God's grace will also tell you when you're outside his will. And sometimes he will say no because you need to say, he needs to tell you no. Because it's the best benefit for him to tell you no. Sometimes God will slam a door shut. Why? Because you weren't supposed to go down that door. 
See, God's grace is what's so powerful about it is that it will comfort us when we need it, but God's grace will caution us when we need it as well. He will send a storm our way. I'm not saying to, 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 to break us apart, no, but to get us back on track. Because if it wasn't for that storm, Jonah would have sailed all the way to Tarshish, and all the things and all the people who were saved, it wouldn't happen. But that's what God's grace is all about. See, we have to give God praise sometimes for closing doors. We have to give God praise for, for that relationship not working out now that you look back at it. Because you realize that wasn't the one for me. We have to give God praise for the yeses, and, but also for the noes. Because that's how God's grace works. It's, it, he comforts us, but he also cautions us. I mean, if anybody's lived long, life long enough, know there's moments in your life where God will say, uh-uh-uh, don't you do that. And he still takes that step and he goes, sends a storm your way. because okay, God, I, I hear you. I hear you. He closes the door. Okay, God, I, 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 I hear you. Let me get back on track because that's God's grace. He comforts us, but he also cautions us. It was for Jonah's benefit for that storm to come. It was for Jonah's benefit for that wind to start stirring his life. Why? Because it woke him up. Sometimes we have to be awoken up in our own uh, unawareness or even in our awareness and know we're not doing the right thing. We have to be woken up. And that's why I love God's grace. It comforts us, but he also cautions us. We're going in the wrong direction. And so there's a storm coming, and this is how Jonah responds in verse 12. He begins to realize, he gets woken up, and he says, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this storm as a sign from God. I'm not going in the right direction. I mean, some storms are meant to be, uh, to go through with strength, but some storms you got to know, especially when you're you know, outside the will of God, saying, okay, God, I hear you loud and clear. And so he really, he says, okay, I'm not going in the right direction. So in verse 12, he said this. He said, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by God's great power, and he offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom before you know, God, I got to turn back to you. Sometimes it takes to reach that place when you're falling after your own will for you to realize that it has no fruit for you before you start building a life to God. But that's what grace is all about, is that that rock bottom can become a firm foundation. I believe it was at that place when Jonah realized that his life was going in the wrong direction that he began to build back up. I want to encourage somebody in the place tonight, it's not too late to build back up. That's what God's grace is all about. He said, I know you've been trying to do things your own way, but see how it's not working out for you? It's not too late to start building back up. It's not too late to, to use that rock bottom as a firm foundation to build your life back up and say, God, I'm going to follow after your will, and I'm going to know that even when I don't feel strong enough, I even know when I don't feel qualified enough, your grace is what gives me strength. Amen. It's never too late for us to start building back to him. It's never too late for us to start building back into the will of God. You see, God's grace isn't, you know, why he does things, why God moves, why, why God uses us. It's not just for us. See, God uses us for the big picture. God uses us for, for the overarching picture of seeing the lost be saved. That is the whole reason why God uh, uses us. And that's the whole reason why God gives us grace is so that we can see the lost be saved and so that we can see more brothers and sisters in Christ. 
That is why God was so impaired on him going to Nineveh because over 100,000 people repented and said yes to God at Nineveh because of what Jonah did. Can I tell you that's what grace is all about? Grace isn't just so we can make uh, money or grace isn't so we could be successful. That's not what grace is about. God gives us grace so that we could see the lost be saved. God graces us so that we could finish our race, so that we could have a testimony. God's grace is all about the lost being saved and seeing more brothers and sisters in Christ. And even the sailors on that ship, it said that when they saw what happened on that storm, they, they threw away all the pagan gods they had and started worshiping the one true God. That's what God's grace is all about. Empowering believers. Empowering you and I. Not so that we could be successful in the world. No, so that way we can bring more people to Jesus. That's what God's grace is all about. That's what God's grace is all about. So he's on his way to Nineveh. A little more detail about Nineveh. Nineveh was a, a Gentile city, like we said before. And it wasn't a Jewish nation, but so much so that they were, they were evil. They, were, they, they, they persecuted uh, the Israelites. They went to war with them as a part of the Assyrian nation. But watch how Nahum, this different prophet, talks about Nineveh. Watch how they talked about him. In Nahum 3, um, verse 1 through 4, he says, What sorrow awaits Nineveh, the city of murder and lies? She is crammed with wealth and is never without victims. Hear the crack of whips, the rumble of wheels, horses' hooves pound and chariots clatter wildly. See the flashing swords and the glittering spears as the charioteers charge past. There are countless casualties, heaps of bodies, so many bodies that people stumble over them. All this because Nineveh, the beautiful and faithless city. Does anybody want to go to vacation to Nineveh? Anybody? Doesn't sound like a great place, right? And not so much so that the Nineveh, as being part of the Assyrian nation, they, 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 they persecuted Israelites. They, they, they persecuted the, the, the Jewish nation. A commentator said like this, it says, imagine how Jonah felt about Nineveh would be like in the time of World War II, God telling a Jewish man in New York to go to Germany and to witness to the Nazis. That would be kind of how it was working, and that's just why Jonah felt so out of place. He said, why would I go to Nineveh? They hate us there. They're, they're pagans. They don't deserve your grace. They don't deserve your mercy. Why are you taking me there? I feel out of place. You should call uh, somebody from Nineveh to speak to his own people. Why are you calling me there? Jonah felt out of place. Point three for tonight is that God graces us where he places us. God graces us where he places us. By that I mean this, because a lot of times we can feel out of place in God's will. But if God placed you there, then he's graced you for it. If God has placed you to be a mom, and you might feel like you're overwhelmed, but can I tell you something? You're graced to be a mom. If God has placed you to be a leader or to be a business person, and you feel like you don't have the strength or the knowledge, but if God has placed you and called you there, then he's graced you for it, and that you better not give up because God's grace will pull you to the end. You'll be able to look back, and you can say, it's not by my strength, but by God's grace that these things happen in my life. If God has placed you here, if God has placed you there, then he's graced you there. He's graced you here. He's graced you for it. If God placed me here, then he's graced me here. There's, so, there's been so many times in my life 
where I'm saying, God, I, I know you told me to do this, but, man, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. I feel like I don't have enough in the tank. But then I remember about the grace of God. And then I remember, I said, God, I truly believe that you want me to do this. I truly believe that you do want me to go witness to that person. So even though I feel unqualified and out of place, I'm going to believe that I'm operating under grace. And I'm going to go out and step out by faith. I'm going to watch how even when I feel weak, you're gonna, your strength is going to come and pour out from the inside of me. That's what God's grace is all about. See, it's not, it's not about um, having and in our comfort zone and saying, God, oh, you're calling me here. Great. That works out great because my strengths and my, and my knowledge and all that all works out. No, God's grace about taking us to a place like Jonah going to Nineveh and him saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. God, I don't know why you're, do, why you're doing this. I don't know how it's, this is going to work out. But because you placed me here, you've graced me for it. And I might feel weak, but I know that you are strong in my weakness. I, I might feel incapable, but I know that, God, you are capable. And that's what God's grace is all about. God's grace is about the single mom who feels overwhelmed. God's grace is about the business person who feels like they, 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 they need to give up or they, they need to close down. No, God's grace will pull you through it. Why? Because it's all about coming to the end and not us getting glory. Not us saying, oh, by my strengths or by my know-how, but us saying, it's only by the grace of God I made it this far. That's how you know you're in God's will. It's that every step of the way, you're operating by grace. Every step of the way, you're operating on, you're leaning on God's strength. You're leaning on Him. You're leaning more into what He wants you to do. You're leaning more where, uh, on His know-how, not your know-how. Why? Because I, can I tell you something? Operating under grace will take you so much farther will take you to places you never believed you could go, you, places you thought was impossible than operating under your own strength. I mean, some of us, we love planning. I'm a planner. I have five-year plans. But can I tell you five years ago, I didn't envision this. Can I tell you that? And it's way better than my five-year plan. Why? Because that's how God's grace works. I can tell you, I was pretty, you know, uh, like I wrote down some big dreams, and I thought they were big. But God's way bigger than my big dreams. Because God's grace will take you so much further. And that's how you operate under it. You say, God, I, you know, I don't know how. I, I don't, he won't tell you step one, two, or three, but he'll tell you the next step to take. You pray to God. You ask him, like, he's ready to communicate. God's ready to talk. If you give him an ear to listen, he'll begin to speak. And he'll tell you what step to take next. And you're going to say, okay, it's going to take some of you, God. But that's why it's God's will. It takes all of him, none of us. And it just takes our obedience to step out. God's grace will take over, and you'll be empowered, and you'll be able to see the fruit of it all, all because of the grace of God. Will you stand with me tonight as I close? Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been placed here by grace. I've been placed here by grace. If there's something I really want us to take away tonight, sometimes I, if there's even this one thought, is that, God, if you placed me here, then you graced me for it. Because there's going to be times in your life where you're going to feel out of place in God's will. But you can say, God, no, no, no. If you place me here, then you grace me for it. I'm not going to listen to fear. I'm not going to listen to opinions. I'm not going to listen to the world. I'm not going to listen to what everybody else is saying. But, God, I'm listening to you right now. And, God, you placed me right here. And although I feel incapable and although I don't feel like I have the knowledge or the experience, but because you placed me here, God, I believe you graced me for it. I believe that if I'm this obedient in this season, that you're going to lead me step after step. You're going to meet every single one of my needs. 
that if I just begin to just trust you, God, even though I feel incapable, God, you're going to empower me by your grace. See, even Paul, the greatest apostle, Paul, who we talk about all the time, who written so many books, even he had weaknesses he wanted God to remove. Have you ever prayed to God to remove a weakness? And I'll pray that many times. Say, God, I'm, I'm about tired of this, okay? This, you can do all things. So why don't you do this? You know, we pray like, God, remove this weakness. Paul prayed to God, remove this weakness from my life. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He's praying. He said, God, remove this weakness. Remove this weakness. Remove it from my life. God, why do I have this weakness in my life? Why am I have this human frailty? Why, God, do I have this lack? Why, God, do I have this weakness? And said that he prayed it three times. But in verse 9, God tells him. Each time he said, my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so Paul says so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me let us not get caught up in what we can't do instead of let us look forward to what God can do let us not be so focused on our weaknesses that we overlook the strength of God Let's not look so much of, God, I'm too inexperienced to do this, God. No, you want me to start this ministry? No, I don't know how to do it. Oh, God, you want me to do no, this business? No, I don't know. Let's not focus on our weaknesses any longer. Because if we do that, it will hold us down for the rest of our life. And can I tell you, that's what the enemy wants us to do, to focus on us, to focus on how shortcomings we have and how weak we are. That's what the enemy wants us to do because we'll stay in our little corner our whole life. But God says, forget about your weaknesses. Matter of fact, my strength works best in your weaknesses. He said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. So I want to close with this thought. It's really simple. But God's grace is all you need. God's grace is all you need. There's been time in my life where God told me to do something. But I said, God, hold up. Hold up. Let me wait until I read this book or I get this degree or I get this experience. But no, no, no. God's grace is all you need. No, no, no. God's grace is all you need. That weakness is there for a reason, so that his strength can be outpoured in that weakness. That, that shortcoming is there for a reason, so that way when you do succeed, you don't look and point to what you don't have. You point to what God did for you, and you point to what the grace is doing in your life. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is all you need. There's hopes, there's dreams, there's ideas in this place that has been held down by the weakness of man by the insecurities of men that have been held down because you say, God, I know you told me to write this book. God, I know you told me to go and, and witness to this person, but God, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I know enough about the Bible. Or I don't know enough about you, but can I tell you grace is all you need? That when you learn to operate under grace, is it learning how to take the will? It's learning how to give up the will to God. God, have your way. You have control. Less of me, God, more of you less of me, God, more of you. And the more you do that, the more grace will outpour from your life. Very head bowed and eyes closed. I really want this moment for our spirits to be stirred up and say, God, I'm not focused on my weakness no longer. I'm not focused on where I fall short. I'm not focused, God, on, on my shortcomings. But God, I know that your grace is sufficient and that your strength works best in weakness. So, Father, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to say yes to your will. I'm going to say yes to your ideas. I'm going to say yes to you, Jesus. Not because I think I'm strong enough, but because I believe your grace is sufficient. 
because I believe you can take me, you can stare at me. I believe that if I give my business up to you, that you'll take it to places I've never seen. That if I give my family and I give them up to you, that you'll take us and to places we never dreamed of because your grace is what takes us, God. Your grace, Father, is what leads us, God. Your grace, Father, is what takes us into your perfect will, not our strength, not our ideas, not our experience, but your grace, God what leads us and takes care of us. So Father, begin to stir us up on the inside. Let those insecurities begin to fall off us. Not because they disappear, but because God, we know now that you you, you cancel those weaknesses with your strength. You overcome those insecurities, God, with your security. God, those things that we fall short of, God, you overcome with your strength. So Father, give us that revelation that grace is all we need. That grace, your grace, God, is all we need to run this race you've called us to run. Your grace is all we need, Father. Step into the will you've called us to do, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look, the Holy Spirit wants to do something right now. While there's, there's some things you're still holding on of, because sometimes we like to hold on to our insecurities and our weaknesses, because then we can use them as an excuse of why we didn't do what God wanted us to do. But can I tell you, let go of that. Let go of those weaknesses and let go of those insecurities and don't use them as an excuse, because God's given you a solution called His grace. Father, let your grace run free from us, God. Flow from us, Father. That every step we take is empowered by your Holy Spirit. It's led by you, Father. That you have graced us here. That if you placed us here, you've graced us for it, God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.